Hey, boppers. Grooving Movies is a podcast devoted to cult, vintage horror, exploitation, and pre-Haze Code films. Join Eddie French, Emma Tidswell, and Tom King on Grooving Movies every Monday. Can you dig it? Welcome to episode 24 of Movie Bong, episode 24, Kiefer Sutherland's favourite episode. Why is that? Because um, he loves anthology movies, which is what we're doing uh, this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, now, anthology movies, it's, it's worth laying this out from the top. Uh, I've always had a thing with Mike where uh, I hate anthology movies. He's tried to convince me to watch them over the years, but I'm not having any of them. And this week, we've sat down and done them, and you know what? I fucking love them. <laughs> um, I, I, I love... I've grown up watching, like, um, the old retro portmanteau horror um, anthology movies where you get, like, a little wraparound story. There'd be a creepy dude or something. Some sort of keeper of some sort of crypt or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there'd be loads of stories. Um, and I, 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 but the genre just isn't just that. There's loads more to it, um, which we discovered. Um, but I've always loved anthologies. I think like uh, those sorts of anthologies. When I was growing up, I feel like I was getting the arse end of those sorts of anthologies. Like I was growing up watching like Goosebumps and stuff like that. And I know a lot of people have a lot of fond memories of Goosebumps, but I don't because I was a very sensitive child, <laughs> <laughs> and it gave me a lot of nightmares. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, you bring up the whole TV show thing because that's what um, anthology TV is a big thing at the moment, really, um, mm. because you've got Black Mirror, which is an anthology um, program. Now, that is sort of it's an hour. Each story is like an hour long, whatever. Um, and they're more sort of longer features. And then uh, Inside Number Nine is very mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. That's like you just stories, little half hour, little singular stories standalone i mean a lot of these seem to stem from you know uh twilight zone outer limits things like that yes um yeah and a lot of those things like well, twilight zone particularly that got its own movie um in the 80s um we could have watched that dan Aykroyd's in it there's a really dark story with that and the first story i think the actors in it uh, in real life one of them was killed and so was a little boy um, so, so it's, it's, there's quite a dark story behind making that film <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't the big, like, um, I don't know. It wasn't, yeah, it, the, it was troubled. <laughs> Let's say that there was a lot of death involved in that film, but it's a great film. And I think Spielberg does one of the stories, um, about these old people that act like kids and become kids or something. Mm. Um, and it's got some, uh, cool effects and that's got like a wraparound story of like two guys, a hitchhiker telling stories like in a car at night. Um, so 
there's that style where you've got the wraparound story. Um, there, there are a lot of films that you used to think were Hammer movies, but they weren't. They were by a company called Amicus, and they did um, like Vault of Horror and uh, Doctor Terror's House of Horror, which I watched today, which is fantastic. It's got like Christopher Lee in it, um, playing like an art critic who, 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 who like gets attacked by a severed hand. Um, <laughs> Donald Sufflin's in like a romantic vampire story. You've got Roy Castle. Do you know who Roy Castle is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roy Castle's in it, uh, playing like a, a a trumpet fucking jazz player, uh, and he steals this voodoo music, and then it's cursed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, R- Russell Ca- R- Roy Castle's a guy from the program called Record Breakers, but uh, we know him from that. But he was an actor, and uh, it's great seeing those guys like really young in 1965. Yeah. Um, Another film in 1972, later on, there's a film called Asylum with Robert Powell, and that's got Peter Cushing in it as well. He's in Dr. Terror. He is Dr. Terror. Um, and that's an interesting concept. It's a guy like Robert Powell goes for a job interview um, at an asylum, and then he has to meet all the sort of inmates, and they've all got a different <laughs> story. Um, and that's got like Britt Eklund and Charlotte Rampling in it and loads of people. Um, so they're really worth checking out if you want to check out the sort of the classic um retro portmanteau horror films yeah right um but we've watched slightly some some really interesting ones i think yeah i mean i like i've been presently surprised this week normally i'm not the biggest fan of anthology movies i kind of feel like they're a bit of a a waste (laughs) i've got like this weird thing in my head that's sort of like nah, i'd rather watch a full film <laughs> yeah, but I have to say, like I've completely U-turned on that opinion this week. Uh, we've watched some some really good ones, uh, starting with uh, one that you recommended to me, uh, starring the fantastic Debbie Harry. Yes. Um, now this one we were talking about um, TV shows like Twilight Zone, whatever. Um, Tales from the Dark Side was a TV show. I think it was um, George Romero is behind it, possibly. Yes, um, and yeah, yeah. he he has involvement in this film as well, as does um, it's based on some Stephen King stories and there's lots of great talent involved in this um, and acting talents as well mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so this is a sort of wraparound story it's about a, a, a book basically with stories in it and uh, the wraparound story involves Deborah Harry from yeah. Blondie um, she's almost in like a, like a Hansel and Gretel situation yes with a single boy where she's like a witch and she's going to cook him and he keeps reading stories to sort of like uh, prolong his life. <laughs> yes. Um, again, this is sort of it, it's modern day set, uh, like 1990. Um, talking about like Doctor Terror's House of Horror and stuff. Um, Amicus were different to the Hammer to Hammer with their portmanteau films, as in they were set in more set in present day. Yeah. Um, so this has got sort of some classic themes, but a bit more contemporized for 1990. Anyway, <laughs> it's very 90s. Um, but it's got some great people in it. Deb, Deborah. Harry Christian Slater, Steve Buscemi, um, the singer from the New York Dolls, (laughs) James Remar, and Ray Dawn Chong. Yes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But three great stories within this wraparound story about Deva Harry, who's got a little child that she wants to cook. It reminded me a lot of that movie uh, we watched not so long ago, Company of Wolves. Yes. With uh, Angela Lansbury. Yes. Sort of twisted fairy tales. Like that sort of roughly rotate around werewolves. I I definitely recommend it. It's a a strong movie with some really good effects in it. Yes. Um, And really sort of like, you know, creepy folk horror 
Yeah, it's um, a great that's... film. That it's one of uh, Neil Jordan's uh, odd ones, <laughs> um, and uh, this has got a great opening story. Um, Lot two four nine, I think it's uh, Steve Buscemi or a big crate. I love it in a horror movie when you get a crate. Um, yeah, there's... well, obviously it happens in Creep Show with Paul Giamatti. Yes, another great anthology film, Creep Show. If you've never seen that, you must. <laughs> um, I think Creep Show is like the ultimate. Uh, horror anthology but I mean both uh, Creepshow 1 and 2 are fantastic but what one more so um, I forget which one's which but you've got you know like early Ted Danson yeah yeah um, Leslie Nielsen's in it yeah, uh, yeah. Ed Harris um, yeah there's some great stories Giamatti again yes uh, yes yeah. I say I would say that was one of the uh, the daddies in the American one I would say uh, the amicus Dr. Terror House of Horror is is one of the daddies as well but earlier on from the 60s I mean a guy gets killed by a house plant <laughs> um, but <laughs> several people do um, so there's something about these films i love the little precise little stories and this one is um it's got a little bit of fairy tale to it i know mm-hmm, what you mean mm-hmm. um but the first story is a sort of a, a, a mummy thing isn't it um some great practical effects and some gory stuff to start off with in the first yeah. story yeah yeah um and some great early christian slater and Buscemi and I julianne moore i really do think this is uh some of Christian Slater's better work. <laughs> <laughs> better work? Well, yeah. Because I, I think you're getting shades of him in Heathers in this. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Which I think is his most iconic role. And who doesn't want to see Steve Buscemi in like a nice uh, light little horror anthology as well? Who doesn't? Um, and the randomly the singer of New York Dolls. Yeah. Who, who plays a hitman in the second story, uh, which is about a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, like, I mean... Uh, I was really impressed with his acting. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed with Deb- Debbie Harry's acting. <laughs> really? But like, I think he carries himself quite well. Yeah, he's been in a few films. He plays um, the first ghost in Bill Murray's Scrooged. If you remember that, right? Yeah, P- drives the taxi, um, and he, he pops up in other stuff. He's uh, he's yeah, he's quite a good actor. Um, in this, he plays a hitman hired to kill a cat, um, which sounds. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think this one may have been based on a Stephen King story. Um, the other one was, in, uh, the first story was inspired by Arthur Conan Doyle, actually, the Sherlock Holmes author. But um, yeah, this one is really weird and really grotesque towards the end. So it's got some really rich source material here, really. Yes, it does. Um, as the series must have. And it's just one of, it's one of those, like, um, I don't know if you watched the Tales from the Crypt TV show mm-hmm. ever, the yeah, American yeah, one. yeah. Um, so I think and Outer Limits stuff like that Dark, uh, Tales from the Dark Side was very much of that ilk and the third story's got James Remar and Tommy Chong's daughter uh, Ray Dawn Chong in it and that's got some really cool like gargoyle special effects that, yeah. that I love yeah 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 I forgot the gargoyle story that's <laughs> mental <laughs> yeah it's quite a dark weird sort of romance and then it goes all a bit uh, fucked up uh, but no, I think it's a, a solid movie and a great place to start for an anthology episode as well. I think it's sort of like, uh, it's your quintessential uh, 90s, 80s horror anthology. You've got some strong characters in there. And again, you know, rich source material in Arthur Conan Doyle and Stephen King stories. Yes. So uh, if you haven't seen that, recommend it. And The Creep Show and Tales from the Crypt, any of those kind of that ilk. Now the next one we watched uh, was one a little bit, uh, a little bit out of the box. One that you suggested. Yes, this was one I saw a while ago. I think it was um, nominated for um, best 
foreign uh, picture at the Oscars, and that may have been uh, where I um, heard about it. I'm not sure. I think it won some BAFTAs, but I just remember reading some articles about it. And uh, yeah, it's a film called Wild Tales. It's um, Argentinian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's an anthology piece. It's sort of uh, five tales, five or six, five tales of um, of revenge, essentially. Um, and they are really wild tales. I mean, it's it's quite... I don't know what what would you. This is on a sort of different level. It's sumptuous. This is high level cinema. It's really fucking good. Now this isn't like a. It's not a, a horror anthology. It's sort of like it's broader than that. Although it does delve into the realms of horror. Yeah, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of horrific tension. The thing that really impressed me with this film is uh, the bits that are close to horror kind of affected me more so than. Uh, well, a lot of the other horror anthology stuff that we've seen this week. But, like, the comedy in it sings better than most comedy films that I've seen as well. Like, it's a, it's a real double-edged sword, this movie. Yeah, it's very funny. It's real. I mean, this is black comedy. It's just... The, the stories are so um, simple but clever and precise. And you just... You get a lot from it all as one, as you say. I mean, this is... There's not really, this isn't the tradition of, there isn't really like a wraparound framing story or anything. No. This is just, but the first sharp, small story on the plane gets you straight into it. And you kind of know, well, you sort of, you think you know what to expect, but you know that you're going to get some snappy, great sort of morality tales. Yeah. Um, and that's what you, you do. It's just f- fantastic. The end story at the wedding is, is, is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of the stories are fantastic. Also, it's worth mentioning that we watch this on Blu-ray, and I really don't think that you would get the same experience if you're watching this on like a standard definition uh, version. It's it's an utterly beautiful film. It is. It is. I know you can see why it got critical acclaim. Um, it's fantastic. I think it's produced by a Moldavar, Pedro Moldavar. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm assuming this uh, director is sort of one of his protege, you know, he's a mentor kind of thing. And old Moldavar is really someone to watch. I mean, I know that we haven't really sat down and watched his back catalogue, but we plan to because we're uh, quite intrigued by the movie The Skin I Live In, which I've bought recently. So we'll definitely catch that. Yes, uh, I've seen uh, some of his old classics. Well, you say classics, I know, weird ones, uh, Live Flesh and... um, Vulva. Yeah, yeah, uh, Women on a Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, he's got a lot, a big back catalogue, and a lot of it contains Antonio Banderas, um, (laughs) which isn't a bad thing. (laughs) Um, Let's go straight in. I know he did a movie about a trans woman a couple of years ago. Right. uh, A Fantastic Woman. Yes, was that? A Maldivar, he produced it or something. I believe I well, he had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had it. Yeah, it was all a Maldivar all over it. <laughs> um, um, but you know me, uh, so I defo want to see that. <laughs> yes. But um, it just shows that doesn't have to. you don't have to have straight horror stories to make a good anthology. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there are different anthologies. There was, um, I think it's uh, Tales of New York or something, New York... Or New York Stories, is it the one with Scorsese, Woody Allen, and um, Coppola? Coppola um, oh, right, yeah. Directed yeah, yeah, yeah. a story yeah. each. And uh, they're all really good, actually. And they're, they're, they're just little sort of odd uh, comedy dramas. I mean, there's definitely drama at the core of all of these. The real, like, you know, 
blood boiling, you know, Mediterranean passion. It's it's. Uh, um, I'm not sure if that phrase is racist. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> keep it in. Um, no, you're right. I know what you mean, and it's quite political. Um, mm, there's yeah. a lot. There's, yes. a, lo- there's yeah. a lot of anger about the modern state of um, their society. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, you know. There's a whole story about like parking charges with the government and stuff. Well, well I suppose a lot of it is sort of like uh, watching these seemingly well-to-do people descend into chaos, madness, and anarchy. Yeah, that's a, at the core of, of all of those stories, really. Yeah, and there's a lot of di- um, dialogue with people saying like, "Oh, you know, the, the, the society's getting worse at the moment. Like someone was robbed and blah blah blah." And there's mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. like everyone's just sort of angry and tense in it. It's a bit falling down. Yes, there's a road rage story which is particularly uh, <laughs> a bit falling down it, and uh, yeah, it's just simple, great, wild. Tales. <laughs> um, Realise a lot of these films have got tales in the title. There's another anthology film that I like. I think is that Spanish. It's Selma Hayek. It's called Tale of Tales. Yes, which I did not enjoy, but you did. And everyone I've recommended that to never enjoys it. I've, sh- I've told my brother and like load of people to go see it, um, and they just didn't enjoy it. I love that film. It was really dark, great little Spanish medieval weird folk tales um but anyway i mean like i think that was an original anthology piece and wild tales tales is a particularly uh really good and original piece i think it's definitely uh the movie i most enjoyed and would recommend uh the most out of the films we've watched this week yes um i have been recommending um I have been recommending this film. Uh, my brother is, my big brother, Chris. If you're listening, Chris, he will be. He's a huge fan of anthology movies. If we got anything wrong, Chris, sorry. But um, uh, I highly recommend this one. Tale of Tales, I was wrong about that. But this, Wild Tales, is just, if you don't like this, you, there's something wrong with you. Now, moving on to our third choice, which was kind of my choice. It's something that I, I invested in the other week. I wasn't aware of this film. Uh, there's a series of them. I believe there's three. Yeah. Uh, we watch the first installment of Three Extremes, which is basically, it's an anthology from South Asia. Uh, it's a trilogy of short horror stories directed by South Asian directors. I think one's uh, Park Chan-wook, who did... Uh, oh, boy? Yeah, obviously. He did Oh Boy, The Vengeance Trilogy. Um, He did The Handmaiden more recently. Right. Uh, He's directed uh, Little Drummer Girl on BBC iPlayer. Oh, Um, yeah. Is that the um, John Le Carre Carre story? Yeah, Um, yeah. With Florence Pugh, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, by the guys who did Night Manager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much everything by Park Chan-wook is fantastic. Uh, First, another great one. Mm. It's classy. It's classic. Classy Asian cinema. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, he directs the second story in this this, uh, anthology. Yes. The first one is directed by Fruit Chan. And it's an abridged version of the movie Dumplings. Yeah, that that director already made a film called Dumplings, but this is sort of, yeah, the, the more digestible version. I can't believe I'm. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen the film, you'll kind of know it wince when I say that. Because um, I, I didn't know, because I thought this was a bit weird. Well, should I not watch the full film? But then watching this short film. I realise I have no desire to watch the <laughs> in the full film because you can see what's been taken out and it kind of makes sense and it's more to the point. But the problem is 
that film's quite extreme. Well, I mean, this is a film called Free Extreme, so I imagine the stories would be extreme, but the first story <laughs> is quite extreme. And I imagine if that story, you know, uh, drawn out to a longer film, yeah. you'd be slightly a bit more prepared for the gross elements. But because it's shortened down, it's a really gross first story to start with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, like, I have to comment on the sound design of this. Ugh. There is some amazing bits of bits of sound from this film. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, I think the whole anthology actually has a, has yes. some fantastic uses of sound. Park Chan Wook's famous for using sort of like very tiny, quiet, tinkly noises. Those are all throughout his films. Yeah. And this first story is called Dumplings, and it's about a woman who's trying to stay young by eating a special kind of dumpling, which has something in it. Yeah, which you'll find out <laughs> if you watch. And fuck. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's a good opener. It's a strong opener. Really, uh, really sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it really does. Then we move on to Park Chan Wook's um, short piece in the middle, uh, which is sort of like a sort of reminiscent of uh, of Saw almost in a way, but a lot more. Uh, I keep wanting to say extreme. <laughs> the name of the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, well, uh, kind of funnier, manically funny, funnier, dark, darkly funny. I think it's it's also like it's it's shot with an elegance that I don't know. It, it makes the the horror even even stronger because uh, it because it just looks. Uh, he's just he's a fantastic director. He's one. He's genuinely one of the best in the world, and he brings so much out of out of so little. It's 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 my favorite piece in the in the movie. Probably mine too. I was a little bit confused with some of what happened or the ending, but uh, it kind of makes me just want to sort of learn more about it and revisit it. Um, it's all about a film director. It's uh, so it's quite self-referential, I imagine. But mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's just like worst nightmare shit and like what do you do in this situation? Kind of tension. Yeah, yeah. He's given a lot of, like, ultimatums. Oh, God. <laughs> he has to make a lot of choices. Oh, I hate choices. Yeah, so... But again, fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good review. Yeah. <laughs> the third one... Um, quite quite an interesting one, this. And directed by one of the more irreverent characters in film. Uh, this is directed by Takeshi Miike, who directed The Audition, Itchy the Killer shit loads of films like that his films that i have seen they've always affected me greatly you know what i mean uh to be honest uh itchy the killer is the first movie and i believe the only movie so far to have made me physically vomit uh you're not the only one i know people who have vomited during that film i mean i absolutely love the film and to be fair i was Right. It has a lot of ketamine. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that's the perfect state to watch Itchy the Killer. <laughs> I had also, I'd watched Audition and Itchy the Killer as a double bill. Ah. So just three quarters of the way through Itchy and the Killer. But when they start pouring boiling oh. water on a man. It's like oil, is butcher it? hooks. Oh, is it like hot oil or water? Or it's boiling water. Boiling water. It's just, uh, it's uh, I just had to chunder a bit. <laughs> yeah, he's all hanging there, hooked up, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. What a film. In his skin. Yeah, if you've never seen Itchy the Killer, check it out. Fun for all the family. Sunday afternoon viewing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Honestly, it's one of my favourites. I absolutely love yeah. Itchy the Killer, but it is it is a bit much. But then again, in a lot of ways, so is this final little short. Yes. Um, 
which is about sort of like a magician who uh, is the guardian or possibly father, that's not necessarily addressed, of these two young girls, presumed sisters, and he's a defo turbo nonce. Yeah, it's a bit pervy. But, you know, all magicians are. Yes. Mike. We want to put that on record. (laughs) (laughs) So this is uh, maybe a bit closer in tone to audition um, or... Yeah, uh, definitely. I love audition. I mean, like you've got like an hour of like romantic drama and then fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen audition, watch that. So I would, th- those two, Itchy the Killer Audition, I'd probably recommend of this guy's work. But this story is, um, it's got a lot going for it, the story, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a bit, it's very creepy. Yeah, it is. It's also, it raises a lot of questions. I know like the Park Chan-wook uh, segment, left us with a few questions at the end this one i think leaves left me with even more questions there's it's it's almost um lynchian in its uh suggestions of what has happened or hasn't happened yeah and i think that's very hard to do in a short story mm, yeah. um to make sort of the surreal coherence um and this does have sort of weird surreal ideas of little girls in boxes but <laughs> I agree. I, I think it's. I do think it's the weakest one. Unfortunately, I don't think it's bad by any means, but I think it's the weakest out of the three. And I think this would be better served as a feature. Yes. Um, I think this would work much better if it was fleshed out. Because um, as it stands out, I'm not fully sure what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, three extremes. It certainly is extreme, and I think there's more. Movie- there is three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there three more? So I mean. Yeah, there are there are three three extremes. Because like I was watching, as I say, I was watching some uh, anthology horror today, and I did think, oh, maybe I could watch some. Then I thought, no, no, I'm not watching them on my own, and <laughs> I, I don't know if I even want to watch them because it, they were so uh, they were quite harsh. They were generally quite scary and uh, grotesque, more so, which you don't get that much in a lot of these anthologies. Uh, the more sort of old school, creepy ghost stories, horror stories um morality tales this one was quite in your face and yeah. grotesque well <laughs> i think what we should do after we finish recording this podcast tonight is watch three extremes two. <laughs> oh god do we have to <laughs> i was right before i went to sleep last time as well it's just oh, it was just oh god i'm never eating dumplings again <laughs> Cool. So those are our reviews uh, for this week. Um, we're going to jump into our pitches next. Um, these are like pi- these are going to be pitches within pitches within pitches. We're, we're pitching anthology stories. I know it, it is really like the Russian doll episode. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. Are we? We're yeah. back. Yeah. No. No. We are yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm drinking um, a 7% ale, which I just opened, an Indian pale ale. It's called Coffee Nade, and it's got lemon and coffee in it. I do think, like, uh, I mean, we haven't really discussed it, but, it, you know, like, we, we do we do get quite intoxicated while we make <laughs> this. And I don't know if that is conducive to a good podcast. This is my, f- this is my first drink of the night. Um, we've, we've been drinking non-alcoholic beer. We have. We have, yeah. yeah no, it's a, it's a. I, I've I don't really drink that much anymore, um, since since I was I was ill a while ago. Uh, so now now uh, I, I mostly drink non-alcoholic beers because I, I love the taste of beer. Well, you just become accustomed to it through 
mm. drink. That's what I know. I'm just so used to it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going by your example. I've been trying the old non-alcoholic beer. Do you like, because now when I taste like proper beer, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> no, no, I still definitely prefer, oh, prefer right. um, normal beer. But what I'm drinking now is not normal. I've gone to the two extremes. It's like a 7% like weird. It looks like pond water. <laughs> um, anyway, so. <laughs> I, I would like to also, uh, I would like to say, because I know like we have a, like, a lot of listeners in the United Kingdom. And to say that you don't really drink anymore is you know like saying you're a satanist yes so i would like to qualify it with i i, I was ill I, I and i'm i'm not sure i can i can really break down alcohol the way i used to be able to yeah so like you know i'm not just a pussy i'm also ill <laughs> yeah don't worry when red was ill i was really drinking for two and smoking um <laughs> for several uh okay so anthologies yeah We've given ourselves a lot of work, as you say. <laughs> um, but I, I had a really quick, simple idea. I mean, I, I've, I've got a, a, a bigger idea than I want to expand in mm-hmm. a moment. But um, even though it is quite hard, I did have this sort of moment of genius where I thought, well, obviously anthology on television stories anthology series are quite big at the moment you've got black mirror as we said inside number nine mm-hmm. um and some others coming up so i got looking at television and what you could make a movie out of as they there was movies of the twilight zone tales from the dark side became a film there's been a goosebumps movie there has and it's not bad actually i've heard that um it's quite good it's a good uh kids film with some you know scary elements for little kids uh, and Jack Black's quite good, isn't it? Uh, so, anyway, so um, I want to make um, a big movie of a certain program. Now, this is sort of in a similar vein to some ep- episodes ago. I made um, a big screen film called DIY SOS. Yes, you did. Which was an adaption of a television program, DIY SOS, run by Nick, Nick Knowles, where he, you know, gets disabled people out of the house and then makes it bigger and then brings them back and they're like, oh, everyone cries. Um, it was back in our historical epics episode. It was. Which is one of our less popular episodes and I think it's it's a goodie. Yes, uh, if you listen to this and enjoying it, go back to that one. It's it's really good. You know, DIY SOS the movie, what's not to like? We just bang on about Das Boot for an hour. So I was watching TV and uh, I stumbled on a show that's on every night at 7pm on BBC One. Well, they say 7pm, but it's actually 6.58. And it fucking gets my goat that there's a two minute difference. Anyway, um, called a show called The One Show, which in itself, right. in itself, if you look at The One Show and what it is, it's an anthology program. Because... No. No, it I'm is. Not having this it is <laughs> because you've got the two presenters, and then, and then it's just a series of different small stories, isn't it? You've got, um, I don't know, Ainsley Harriet visiting Anne Frank's house. You've got um, a story about autistic foxes cooking in prison. You know? <laughs> and then um, you, the, there's so much, and the, and there's a half hour or an hour, and they just bang so many different stories in. You have the presenters, Matt Baker and Alex Jones, played by. I don't know, Angelina Jolie and Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> oh, no, actually, Nick Cage and John Travolta, <laughs> the face-off team. John Travolta played a woman in hairspray. Um, so, <laughs> so, and then you've just got scope for so many little stories. Um, 
sum of uh, consumer interest. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's oven's on the blink. Wait, like, if well, the one show is an anthology, yeah, then, then do, do you do you believe the news is an anthology? It sort of is. I mean, it's a, definitely a horror anthology <laughs> these days. <laughs> Wait, uh, political. Uh, <laughs> but it kind of is, yeah. It is. It's just a series of horror stories. Then towards the end, you get a lighter story. And then the weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just thought maybe a big screen adaption of the one show. Okay, no, I'll, I'll go with it for now. Yeah, yeah. But that's just the start. I'm just saying, like, that's not my project. That's on the one show. I reckon the one show... They've been going for so long now, they've got to make a movie, mm-hmm. right? Most TV shows make a movie. That, that's on the one show. That's for them to make. Because every TV show gets a, you know, usually gets a, t- a movie. Yeah. That, that's for them to make. Um, but yeah, so I've got, I was watching uh, Dr. Terror, House of Horror today, as I said. Um, and that gave me the sort of framing for a classic. I want this as sort of classic. Actually, I'd like to bring back Amicus, because everybody remembers Hammer, Hammer Horror. But Amicus with this... Um, English company Middlesex um, and they made some great movies and it would be great to have them back actually so they could uh, make my movie um, (laughs) which is called um, which is about a mysterious comedy promoter who um, books all these several comedians uh, (laughs) and they're all in a green room together right so we meet it and it's all set it's load of comedians in a green room Uh okay so uh, we should say that we, me and Red are quite familiar with the world of comedy. Um, I did it for a couple of years and then um, got really bitter and hated it and stopped doing it. <laughs> um, Red, you're still doing it. Yeah, I, I'm a comedian, a, a drag queen, uh, a comedy promoter, uh, and an improvised comedian and poor. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, there's, um, there's so many stories in that world. And so many, um, you know, different tales and things and scope for different stories. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves a, a mysterious comedy promoter um, called, uh, well, his nights like, do you know one of those stupid names that comedy nights have? So this is uh, Jolly Gordon's Chortle Museum. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> so Jolly Gordon has uh, this mysterious pro- promoter that none of them have ever met. Um, and they, none of them actually, I mean, when you're a comedian, you have, you've got to do a lot of admin. You've got to try and get fucking gigs. It's horrible. Um, but they were all, they've all been invited on this gig and yeah, they all yeah. just turn up in this green room, right? Um, and they haven't seen that all the doors are weirdly locked and they can't see out to the audience or anything. So they don't know. They don't really know. They yes, haven't seen the stage. Or yes. Anything. Um, and then it sort of and they don't know where Jolly Gordon is. <laughs> He's elusive. Um, uh, <laughs> and so and yeah, so they're at this chortle museum or giggle um Giggle bastard, or whatever, whatever, whatever the night's called. <laughs> Giggle bastard. Uh, yeah, whatever it's called. Fucking laugh uh, shed. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and uh, they've all they they all tell a story, um, and but I think they've all done a, a story where all sort of they they've done something a bit bad and sort of got away with it maybe in, in the end of the tale, and they're all there and they're all sort of confessing and it gets quite emotional and they're they're all sort of telling a tale. Um, I think one of them should be a critic, though, uh, not a comedian. One of them's like um, like a, co- a comedy critic. Yeah, um, like uh, like one of our friends, uh, Peter Fox. 
right, he right. Turns up to a lot of gigs. Okay, a lot of gigs. Yeah, yeah. Top or, guy. Or uh, there's a website called Chortle with a guy called Steve Bennett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who is uh, the nemesis of a lot of comedians? <laughs> <laughs> he is the nemesis of comedians until he gives them a good quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he's on all of their fucking posters. <laughs> um, so I think maybe a critic gets uh, invited, and then he's like he's pushed into the green room, but he doesn't really want to be there. But then all the yeah. doors lock, um, and then they all start telling stories uh, based around the comedy world. But um, all sort of a bit wild talesy, dark, mm-hmm. um, horror. I think so. I've got one story. Um, I would imagine these are just a lot of stories of sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> they could well be. I mean, um, that's the thing with uh, comedy portrayed on television, comedy stand-up comedy portrayed on movies, and st- it's always portrayed um, pretty shit, really, isn't it? <laughs> Finally, a movie where Stephen K. Moss can be the villain. <laughs> Yeah, he he, yeah, asshole. But um, yes, and and there is like a Twilight Zone episode. I know in the new revamped Twilight Zone, the Jordan Peele brought back, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, there was a comedy episode in that with a stand-up comedian. Um, so a bit yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he sort of starts like getting really successful so a little bit like that but um i think we can be a bit imaginative with the stories um we could have um have one like a car share i mean the car share could be a whole set for a different one where they're all telling stories within the car but this story itself would be called car share and uh, one of them's telling a story about being in, a, in in like you know when you go on a car journey with lover comedians and big sweaty yeah uh, everyone's in the back five people going to a gig and like <laughs> Fucking Doncaster, or <laughs> and uh, I say that because Red's got a gig in Doncaster, um, but uh, and yeah, and they don't really know each other, and um, and then they pick one up that the, the, no one really knows, and um, and I think then as they go along, there's like car trouble, it's really dark, um, and then maybe they hear on the radio the description of uh, a murderer or arsonist, and then they realise that it fits the description of one of these open spots in the back seat, <laughs> <laughs> and then like he ends up like killing them all, but like one of them gets away, but one of them like could have saved the other one, but then he like fucks off, and then he's telling the story because they like got away. Uh, so that's one story, and then maybe we could have more of a romantic story of uh, another one. There's a, there's another guy who tells a story about. Um, meeting a girl meeting another open spot they they start doing gigs together and he's a really bitter unsuccessful uh crap comedian yeah, yeah. um we know loads of them and <laughs> we are them yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh he meets uh the girl they fall in love but then like she's married um but then like uh they do like a c- comedy maybe a competition or a gig together and like the husband is in the audience and then um he like maybe outs the relationship. He's jealous on stage. Then the husband gets up and like punches him. But then like someone films it on YouTube, and um, <laughs> a lot like happened. What happened to the comedian Jim Jeffries? He got punched on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was caught on YouTube, and his career just kind of went a lot bigger since mm-hmm. then. And so I thought this could happen to that guy, and like he gets punched on stage, and then like he gets a, a, a bigger career from it. But then he starts like using her material and she goes back to her husband, but he goes off and becomes really famous. But he's a bit of a knob because he's stolen all her material. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like telling that story. 
Um, so they're two of the stories I've got so far. I don't know if you, from your extensive knowledge of the comedy world, have any uh, <laughs> stories to put in there. The critic one, um, I think you could do a good story with the critic one um, about he thinks he's being stalked by a comedian that he's given a bad review f- to. Yeah. And then he realises, dun, 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 the comedian stalking, stalking him is actually himself. <laughs> and he's reviewing himself. Uh, <laughs> or something like that. So a bit of a weird, spooky one. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. That Doppel, sounds quite funny. Doppelganger. Edgar Allan Poe. That's the one, yeah. Have you got any ideas to add to this? To I mean, Jolly Gordon's Chortle Mausoleum? I mean, there are... You know, you meet some real characters doing comedy. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> you can name a shame. It's <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Like, I'm just trying to think of like what I want to see. I, I, I'd just love to see... Um, I'd love to see a, a newer comedian who is sort of like having like a, you know, if they had like had an extended car share with like a, an older, more successful comic that is just constantly deriding them and uh, just being really condescending on this with- really long drive up to like a gig in Scotland or something where the newer act is getting paid literally fuck all. Yeah. And like the headliners on like loads of money and like just being a wanker and then just <laughs> sort of like gets there gets like 10 minutes away from the gig and the open spots asks him to like pull over for a wee gets out and then just sort of like you know kills him with an axe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the newer act kills the more successful act just yeah out of, yeah fuck you and fuck th- you yeah and then no one knows actually what the successful act looks like and then he goes and does the gig and then smashes it brilliant um also (laughs) yes (laughs) um i'd like to see one with a prop comedian and he gets like a cursed prop or something from a voodoo guy or something um and you know some shit happens or um just i think there's a lot of scope for like weird stories dark stories particularly uh you know i've heard a lot of stories i've had stories myself of uh uh stalkers like fans that are stalkers of course um, so i think you know a, a lot of, if i mean i'm i'm thinking down the horror route um, yeah totally but like uh like a misery yeah thing. that's exactly what i'm thinking <laughs> yeah you know yeah 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 um so and then this is all framed um around uh yeah jolly gordon's chortle mausoleum um and i think maybe after each one tells a story um then they go out onto stage and then they disappear um (laughs) i mean the critic i don't know how you do that or maybe he's just goes just before the headliner and he's only there to review the headliner i don't know but um i thought that good idea and then the last person the headliner whatever um goes out and uh yeah, and it's like it's not. It's like like hellish, like fiery hell or something. And there's like <laughs> all all the people that they wronged are all are just the audience. Um, and then Jolly Gordon's like this fucking weird pagan, like I don't know, goat demon guy or something. Paimon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it yeah turns out that they're all like being judged how all comedians should, well, are judged. <laughs> um, but in this case, uh, by uh, Beelzebub. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I, th- I think I think more comedians should be burnt in the fiery pits of hell. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's just what I'm going for, really, with the film. <laughs> so, but I think there's a lot of truth. Like, we know, as you say, what you were saying, there's a lot of truth in these stories. Yeah, and I also I think there's a lot of uh, drama to to be derived from uh, from from comedy in in the fact that the, the industry that we work in is uh, you know it's all sort of like 
about laughter and enjoyment and happiness. But as we know from experience, it's full of psychopaths and uh, rampant. <laughs> but yeah, mental Narcissism. illness. Yeah, mental illness. Yeah, is yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in a serious note, actually. But um, I, I, I watched the movie Asylum today, and it just reminded me of the comedy industry. And that was Robert Powell going around a fucking, um, you know, a mental hospital, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, talking to inmates um, and them sharing their bizarre stories. It's got this one with fucking Hermit Lom, and he's got toys and the like little wind up, and they've got his faces on. You know, just crazy shit like that. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's a lot of madness though that we can that we can mine for uh, good storytelling. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. Well, there you go. Bit of a laugh. Okay, uh, it's my pitch. Anthologies. Now, uh, I've 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 grown to love them over this week. <laughs> um, a I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad. Really yeah, glad. No, 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 me too. Um, and I've seen some some great films, uh, and now it's time for me to to, to make my attempt. Uh, I'm going back to familiar ground, right? This week, uh, I'm going back to um, basically this will be the third instalment of the Snake franchise. Now, for someone who says they don't like or they didn't like anthology horror or anthology movies, mm-hmm. I mean, you already pitched snake which was an anthology thing like episodes and episodes ago i i did i quite like tv anthologies where it's like uh each episode is a different thing yeah um but you weren't sure about the mini stories within a bigger piece yeah i mean i do i i totally accept that it is an irrational fear <laughs> like can, it makes no sense yeah, you can like, get to the point so quickly with the mini stories within it i just i love it i love it i would just watch anthologies all the time but i do appreciate um i've always appreciated anthology in television uh, i love a good uh, monster of the week story one thing that i think should have become an anthology is actually stranger things I think the second, I think basically each season should be self-contained. So that first season is, is great. Uh, I didn't enjoy the second season of Stranger Things. Third was better. But I oh. think the second should have just gone to a completely new setting, completely new characters, but that was aesthetically similar to the work of Spielberg and John Carpenter, which is what, it's, what it pretty much does anyway. Right. What do you think of that? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, as we were saying, I mean, anthology TV is quite big now. And mm-hmm. the, you're saying like, like Black Mirror is the like mini movies really, yeah. aren't they? Well, what I'm saying is sort of like it's, um, I'm basically suggesting for them to do what American Horror Story does or what yes. American Crime Story does. Yes. I mean. Or True Detective. Yeah. Uh, I was showing you a TV series um, called Dr. Terrible's House of Horrible, starring Steve Coogan, which mm-hmm. he made in the 90s. Um, and that's a little half-hour standalone episodes. One of them is a little anthology. It's just like the Amicus. It's set in, like, it's got a big building in it called Amicus Towers. It's purely about that, like, spoofing that. And so, yeah, you kind of have the, the stories within but you you want so this is just a new film a whole franchise really you're making about snakes pass which is a place yeah yeah i mean like if you haven't listened to episodes before this is the third installment of snake which is uh it's a franchise of horror stories uh set on snakes pass which is a road between manchester and sheffield uh i 
drive along it often. I do a commute there because I, I work a couple of days in Sheffield every week. And it, it's an amazing road. It's got some uh, beautiful uh, bits of landscape and geography around it. It's, uh, it's an all-weather terrain as well, like I see it in snow, sun, rain. And it, and it always just looks mysterious and like, oh, a witch could live over there. <laughs> and oh, I bet, bet vampires have been around here lots. It is creepy. And like going back to my comedy uh, story, like mm, you can yeah. mix them in because you're always, there's lo- always comedians going to gigs along that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can always have a comedy story in yours. Yeah, totally. totally. What, what's this one you've got lined up? Right. So um, we've, got, we've got, got a few, we've got a series of them. There, uh, There isn't sort of like an interlinkingness between, they're just sort of like three standalone. Right. Because... I'm trying to remember the the the, the the two stories you already had. There was one with Toby Jones as a killer. Yeah, that's that's Snake Two. Uh, Snake One is with Joseph Gilgan and Mia Goth. Vampires. Yeah, sort vampires of, of the land. Yeah, they're sort Folky, of like folk vampires. They're like uh, I was about to say vegan vampires. They're not vegan. No, they eat people. The Emmerdale. <laughs> vampires, yeah, yeah. weren't they? Farm vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They live off the land. Yeah, field vamps. And uh, and basically, uh, a, a guy, um, they they take revenge on someone for uh, doing a hit and run on a young child with 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 a mel- mental illness uh, okay. a few years ago. And, right. Anyway, yeah. go back and listen to that episode. It's yeah. it's a goodie. Yeah. And then Snake Two was about Toby Jones as a murderous farmer who uh, kills this couple because they ran over his prize sheep. Ooh. I know, right? Yeah, but uh, lamb is tasty. Well, luckily, I've actually brought the trailers for Snake 1 and 2 with me today. Oh, has Movie Movie Bong Productions, that, 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 that brilliant machine of quality, has, yeah. it, has it made some more movies? It has indeed. Uh, we have uh, Snake 1 and 2 are in production. We've got the trailers for you now. Oh, excellent. I mean, I remember when you, you described them in the episodes, people might not. So this is a good refresher. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so here is the trailer for Snake. Movie Bomb presents A twisted tale of revenge Four strangers One secret Come on, what's the worst that can happen? Wait, who are you? They live off the land. They'll fucking kill you. They eat blood. One day, you will understand. I've seen them drink baby's blood. Get off the road! Snake. Ooh. Whoa! Um, that sounds really scary. Yeah, it sounds pretty pretty intense, doesn't it? But if you thought that one was intense, just you wait for Snake 2. Does this one have Billy Connolly in? <laughs> Unfortunately not, but it, it does have some other national treasures in it. Oh, lovely. Let's listen. Movie Bomb presents... First long weekend away together. Just you, me and the road. What have we got here then? 
we don't like city folk around here. Starring Toby Jones. What have you done to Daisy? Daisy! I killed them all. Snake 2 The Sheepening. Mental. Shit, even scarier. I know. Um, what Really? The sheep? Scarier? Well, sheep are quite scary. They are pretty terrifying. Um, watch a zombie sheep film called Black Sheep. I highly recommend it. They are fucking scary. Um, so how do you top it? You've got to do another. And this one's got more tales, right? It's an anthology piece. I mean, you've got even more for us, right? But what I've got for you today is I've got a selection of stories. I've got more than three. See which ones you like. Okay. Uh, I think some of them are stronger than others. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, uh, I think, I think my favourite. Um, it's basically, it's about this, this man who, um, he has a breakdown following, uh, he, he gets fired from the Jorvik Viking Centre in York. Shit. Right. And uh, he's, he's down, he's not, he's, he's not having a very good time. Like he, he has a history of mental illness anyway. Um, and he basically finds himself out in the woods and he has a complete psychotic break where he thinks he's a va- he's he's a Viking. Viking. Is he like a reenactment guy then? Yeah. Um and it goes beyond reenactment. Yeah, yeah. So he like goes into the into the woods with like a with like a an axe and a little shield and a helmet and he just goes full Viking and he just starts like like attacking dog walkers. I've considered no. It doesn't. <laughs> I've done that before. Um, right. Okay. So yeah. And then like, there's this menace in these woods, and it's a fucking Viking. Yeah. And people yeah. are saying like, there's a Viking in the woods. Don't be silly. How can a Viking be in the woods? Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, like they they do they do stop him and they do kill him. But it, right. it's kind of like somber in the end because obviously like he does have a history of mental illness and it is a sad thing that happened oh, and, it, and it it was completely avoidable and then it ends on like. A fire burial, you know, when they like set fire to his pyre and push, push him, him out, out into to the upper water. Derwent water. Yeah, yeah, in a reservoir. <laughs> well, ne- next to Snake Passes, upper yeah. Derwent water. So right, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, perfect. Of right, uh, shit, a mad Viking. Um, yeah, I can see that working. I just love like the idea of someone out, you know, sort of like bird watching, sort of like looking out over a lovely cl- cliff, and then they they take the. The, the binoculars down they, they have like a big deep breath of like nice country air and they're like oh and they turn around and a viking just fucking decapitates him <laughs> uh yes and he's like valhalla <laughs> um there's a good uh comedy horror um called botched with Stephen dorf and that's got like an ivan the terrible kind of killer in it yeah, uh, yeah. it's really good he's kind of shit but it's good um, so yeah, that, that's what this reminds me of. And, uh, like, yeah, like a Viking in a modern setting. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, the n- next story is set in the past. Um, so it's sort of about a, a coven of witches. I love a good witch story. That live in the woods along Snake Pass. Uh, a, a good couple hit hundred years ago. Right. 
And uh, one of them, the youngest of the witches and the most beautiful, um, comes across a, you know, a local stable boy oh. and uh, falls in love with him. He falls in love with her. She lures him back to the, the witch coven, to their hut, and they just, you know, fucking eat his innards. Oh. So they're going to make love. <laughs> well, that's what he thinks. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's what I thought as well. Um, <laughs> right. And and so that's a period piece, is it? Is that one? Yeah. Right. Think like The Witch. So, yeah, nice. Uh, so is the is there like a wraparound framing story for this? No, I, I haven't thought of one for that. I don't think... I, I'd, I'd quite like to keep this as sort of like... You know, just three stories. You know, in the same way that Three Extremes is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I quite like the storyteller, the sort of the mm. Doctor Terror that Steve Coogan spoofs it in Doctor Terrible's House of Horrible. Uh, the Tales from the Crypt, the Crypt Keeper, uh, the big fucking weird puppet. <laughs> I like something like that, but you don't have to have that. I did consider it. I, I considered having a... Um, the, the wraparound would be there was a detective and basically like he would come across like um he'd come across like a dead body right and then like he would he would tell the story of like what happened yeah. uh, and then there'll be like sort of like three dead bodies that he comes across and he's sort yeah. of like you know yeah i mean i i don't think you need it you could open with a long shot like a drone shot of the road and then just go along the road and then write really fast and dramatic music like, duh, 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 and then bang a story yeah, and then just the road again, and then you know story. Well, also, um, I was thinking of because obviously, like the Viking one is set in modern day. Okay, he works at the Viking Center. He's not like you know an olden day Viking. <laughs> uh, but then that one that I just said was set in the yeah. past, and then I have thought of one that's set in the future. So you could do like that, and it's sort of like then it's sort of like it's an anthology of Snake Road. Yeah, you know, history uh, of it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this future future? Well, or no, modern. Or I, like, is this like space snakes past? <laughs> no, I thought of like a, a dystopian right. snakes past thing. Yes. You know, similar to, I mean, the, if you've seen The Road. The Road, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, not miles off. So this is, is this going to be a bit Mad Maxy? <laughs> it is, uh, but it's also like the, the comedy one. Okay. Yeah, there's always a good comedy one. Like it's, it's a black comedy, but it's more of a comedy one. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically, it's about a, a couple that live in a camp that they've set up in, in the woods just off Snake Pass uh, after the apocalypse. Uh, you know, got got a, a bivouac up. Ooh. Uh, you know, farming their own vegetables, stuff like that. Um, Lovely, sustainable, the good life. But they're having a bit of an issue with... Um, Zombies, vampires, Frankensteins, werewolves. You got it right first time. Uh, there's increasingly frequent uh, zombie attacks. Okay, right. Uh, basically because um, it's so it, it, it's a few months after the apocalypse and everything. Yeah. And uh, zombies are starting to migrate from urban areas into the countryside in search for fresh meat. Yes. Um, so it's basically, it's loads of like yuppie hipster zombies and I'd like them to be sort of reminiscent of like the return of the living dead zombies where they're sort of like comedy zombies yes, and they talk yes. a little bit yes, um, and they'd just be saying things like, what's up? Yes. Snapchat. Yes. And um, this can <laughs> be... Craft ale now. <laughs> this can be a sort of comment on um, this sort of middle class uh, culture then and just ruining industry mm-hmm. and... Um, 
much like the black and white Cornish fisherman movie Bait, which I saw recently, which you should all go see oh, if it's still mate. in the cinemas. It's a Cornish film about fishermen. It's great. Oh, uh, you can't help yourself, can you? I'm sorry. I just really like Cornish fisherman movies um, in black and white. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, I can see this, and you've got a bit of undead in there. Um, another great snake horror. I mean, it's very reminiscent of like the new Jim Jarmusch zombie which uh, movie, which I absolutely fucking adored, and a lot Did of people you? hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say most people thought it was shit. <laughs> no, I really appreciated it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, you got. Um, it's a sort of small town feel of Snakes Pass, or you could have like a yeah. You know, you could have like a local Bobby going down, and yeah, something. There's scope for so many stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hit and run stories, obviously. Hitting a tramp. I know what you did last summer, style stuff. Just finding something. I just, I just, I always get like a like like visions of driving home late at night after work, like a down down Snake Pass, where it's all like dark, and if you just saw like a man stood in the middle of the road, like what would I do? I don't know what I would do. Would I swerve? Would I slow down? Would I check how he was doing? Would you hit him? I don't know. Up? Well, yeah, but like, what would you, what would you do? Uh, uh, I'm yeah. scared now. Anyway, I, I do have one final one because I sort of had like a few ideas. You know, some of them are better than others. Uh, th- this one's quite short. Okay. I, I had an idea about um, sort of like a, a little boy befriending a sort Sorry. of like a Loch Ness type creature in Upper Derwent Water. Right, right, next to the, the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then it turns out it's like an alien uh, that's that's come there from like a, a crashed spaceship. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I think it I think it runs along Snake Road and eats a car. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, uh, this little lad befriends it, like the Iron Giants or something. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's like maybe it's like a really sweet story about like this sort of like friendship. He sort of like befriends this creature and it's all lovely. And then at the end, the creature just like kills it in a really really violent way you know sort kills of like the kez kid. yeah yeah oh god you know like the end of kez where he just sort of like twats that the kestrel on yeah, the bin yeah all right yeah like if he did that with like a child still, after it being sort of like quite a nice t- story still trying to get over that you could do an anthology fucking gritty northern film northern stories like that couldn't you about kids in mines and shit well that's what i'm trying to i'm trying to bring this sort is of like that yeah yeah you've got it mike totally. lee's realness but with a cgi loch ness monster yeah it's very ben wheatley um, yeah. <laughs> you know, horror, weird stuff, but in a very sort of serious, gritty, real setting. Well, I actually think this pulls a lot of influence from uh, Korean cinema, South Asian cinema. I mean, I see a lot of the host in this final idea. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which is a great um, film. Uh, yeah, a lot of Iron Giant in there, I think. Uh, there's, there's, there's a film, what's that monster film with Liam Neeson voices, that big kids film the monster i am monster or i've got a monster or everybody's a monster or something you know the one <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking well, about <laughs> yeah people listening proper film fans will know i just can't think of the uh name right now it's about a big monster um this could have another monster fighting it at the end or government like iron giants government intervening yeah villains, yeah, you know. yeah 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 the government haven't got involved in snake yet that's something to ponder in the future yeah i also think we need um i could do with a strong sci-fi story i, ha- I you know i haven't dabbled in anything to do with time travel yet 
we haven't really dabbled that much in sci-fi in this whole podcast, which is strange for a nerd podcast like this. You did have uh, a movie called Crime Machine a while ago, which was like a time machine movie. I did, with Chris Tucker. <laughs> I mean, that could cross over. He could land at Snake Pass. Yeah, well, well I, do, I've, I think I've done two Crime Machine uh, vehicles because I did... Uh, I did Crime Academy. Right, that was a crossover with the cast of Police Academy. Well, yeah, no, it was Time Academy, wasn't it? Right, It was yeah. Time Academy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a crossover with... Um, so so Chris Tucker uh, is, is, is a time cop. I, so I'm, yeah. Sorry, I'm already confused by my own <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, you, uh, I like the idea of a sci-fi story on in Snake. Um, maybe there's a, a point of the road where there's like a parallel time dimension thing and then mm. people keep getting lost at a point of the road or something, but they're going back in time or forward in time. Well, we watched that movie on Netflix not long ago, The Endless. Yes. Which is a really good little time travel sci-fi um, indie movie. Yeah, I think, are they brothers or something? Or they're like a group of guys that make, uh, they've made a few um, quite strong little indie features. One called Spring as well. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Um, and I think they've got prequels or films connected to this film, but Endless is really good. And that's got a weird thing about a road with like a weird dimensional thing. Yeah, yeah. It's really strong. I mean, if you like uh, Primer, for instance, I think yes. you'd really enjoy Endless. So there's scope to have a little story like that in your in your anthology. Mm. Yeah, you definitely. Definitely. Um, time Crimes, another solid Yes. time travel. Totally. We, we need to do a time travel episode. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. Um, but I like the idea of a big monster story. Um, yeah. Much like in uh, Tales of the Dark Side, where they, their last story was there was a big monster in that. So, um, But this one's like bigger. This is like Kaiju shit. This is like Godzilla. Maybe there should be a Kaiju snake. Yes. And they have a big fight at the end. And it just eats the road. Yeah. Oh, God. Imagine that. Imagine, like, a giant snake, like a massive Godzilla giant snake eating the tarmac of Snake Road, just, just eating along it. You need... So there's no more Snake Road. That's the end of The road snake. turns into a huge snake. I'm thinking, like, hallucin- a hallucination story where there's a guy, like, maybe he's got... He's really late and he's, he, he's like, a drugged-up yuppie. He's going to a party or something, and then he starts these weird hallucinations. The whole road turns into a massive fucking snake. Yeah. No, I've liked this. I thought of something like this a while back. Uh, right. For, in, in my idea, it sort of started with um, he, he gets bitten by a snake. You know, right. like he sat down, yeah. like uh, on his way looking somewhere. at the view. Oh, that's beautiful. Gets bit by a snake and right. then starts, you know, seeing some shit. Yes, yes. And then he eventually turns into a snake. Yeah. <laughs> fucking fucking love snakes past me. What yeah. a road. The steering wheel's a snake. Oh, <laughs> you know. My hands are snakes. Oh. <laughs> but, but Willie's a, a snake still yeah um so yeah lots of scope for lots of different stories um and yeah you don't even need a weird character like I had for Jolly Gordon <laughs> <laughs> um now we haven't talked about uh directors or actors for mine or yours no I mean it's hard because he's lost in the story but the good thing about these these kind of films is they have a lot of cameos from good actors often i do kind of think with this being the third snake project uh after the strong success of my first two features uh i feel like uh, studio would be willing to give me uh the the directorial reins on this one right okay so i'm gonna direct snake three an anthology right okay okay nice um I think um, for mine, 
Uh, I want, yeah, as I say, I want to bring Amicus back, but I would like uh, Robert Powell. He's still alive. I want him to be involved. He can direct. He can star as either Jolly Gordon <laughs> or um, one of the old comedians, like yeah, really yeah. old, an old racist comedian. <laughs> uh, oh, there should actually be a story in mind about an old racist comedian. Um, you know, it really gets his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Roy Chubby Brown or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, you, you know, but you can get loads of cameos and loads of actors and actresses in it and stuff, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Who would you have in yours? I quite like the idea of getting, um, do you know Barry Keown, the, uh, the the kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer? Yes. Uh, I wanted him to be the young stable boy that was that was eaten by the witches. Right, right, right. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'd have possibly uh, Steve Buscemi as my uh, comedy critic, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, you could just get loads of loads of cameos, loads of great people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you could you could employ loads of comedians for mine. Um, give them actual work. <laughs> They're all struggling actors, anyway. And I'd love to see a few of them burn in the fiery pits of hell. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving forward, uh, what are we doing next after this one? Well, um, we do have something planned because uh, Last Blood, the final Rambo movie, is, is out in cinemas very soon. It is. And I confessed to Mike a few months ago, I've never seen a Rambo film. Which is a travesty mm. uh, because they're fantastic. <laughs> well, I've seen bits of them. I'm not, you know. Well, they're in very quality. I'm going to watch them all again. <laughs> but, uh, but First Blood is fantastic. Now, isn't that showing at cinema? Yeah, we're going to try and get tickets to go and see that at the cinema tomorrow. Let's, yeah, we actually after this podcast, maybe we should yeah. have a look at getting tickets for that. Yeah, would, we really it would be great to bookend it and watch First Blood in the cinema. We could watch the other two at home and then uh, or the other free at home <laughs> and then uh and then go and see last blood the new one yeah um but i don't know if we can squeeze in another podcast before that or the one after they we might be delving into politics we might be visiting american presidents yes we wanted to do american presidents but we also uh were keen to do a brexit one at some point yes <laughs> about um, the dystopian future of uh <laughs> Britain beyond Brexit. <laughs> yeah, possibly could be our most chilling episode yet. So we could save that for Halloween. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we shall see. So, but Rambo's are definite. Yep, yeah, Rambo's are definite. And then, yeah, I, I like the idea of presidential films. We've been watching the, uh, you know, uh, the Has <laughs> Fallen trilogy with uh, Gerard Butler. Uh, Mike, in particular, is a new fan of, of of Mike Banning. His character, Mike Banning, um, he he he's a spectacular specimen of a man. He's certainly a specimen. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so we're considering those. Uh, if you have any suggestions that you would like us to do any episodes on, uh, tweet us or join the Movie Bond Collective on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, um, be nice to not do anthologies because they're stories within stories. It'd be nice to go back to <laughs> a nice, simple subgenre. I'm really looking forward to only having to pitch one story next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, or maybe I'll just adapt another TV show, like Watchdog <laughs> or um, Cash in the Attic. Animal Hospital. Oh, no, no, Get no. Rolf back on his feet. Yeah, 
no, no, we don't. We don't want to bring him back, particularly in not a sort of crypt keeper <laughs> type of anthology fashion. No, definitely well, not. Well, I mean, it could work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be very like free extremes. I think <laughs> dark. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, we hope you've had fun this week. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, and until then, try not to die, please. Um, bye. Bye.